plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, and welcome to Locked On Texans, your daily home for Texans news, views, and interviews. Today's podcast brought to you by our brand new sponsor, MyBookie. More on MyBookie in just a bit, but we got to talk about what's going on with the Texans and the latest. If you missed it, I put up a special Inside the Locker Room podcast, a one-on-one with Treston DeCoo, all the latest with J.J. Watt and the money that he's bringing in. The, the tote board just keeps going up. It looks like it's the Jerry Lewis telethon. A little tip of the cap to the late Jerry Lewis uh, on that one. But uh, Brian Patterson from House of Houston, I'm going to bring him in. Uh, and Brian, this one's going to be about our three things to watch for the Jacksonville game, the first game. But before we get into that, the Texans did make a minor move, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did. And um, it's a person by the name of Marcus Burley. He is a cornerback. Diversion. Diversion did not make the team. And he was surprising anyway that he was actually added to the 53. That was one of my most surprising ads. I was like, what did they see out of Diversion that I didn't see in the preseason that made him worthy of a roster spot? There was no signs of him being injured. This was just a straight cut. And then we added an experienced uh, veteran uh, with Burley uh, to uh, the roster. He is an undrafted free agent from 2013. He's kind of bounced around a bit. This guy has played for not one, not two, but six teams before at the Texas. This includes the Jags, Eagles, Rams, Colts, Seahawks, Browns. Probably it's uh, easier just to name the teams that he hasn't played for so far. You want to yeah. go over all the teams that he hasn't played for? <laughs> well, you know, you, you could do the process of elimination there. What was it? That that would be about, what, uh, 26 more teams that we would have to, to, to start naming in order for him to uh, to be covered there. So I totally agree. We could at least say that he is well-traveled. And maybe this is just going to be a stop along the way, which I do think is likely. But he may be able to help uh, in his time that he's here. He was signed to a two-year deal. Uh, the specific terms were not disclosed, but it was probably for you know whatever the minimum is for a guy of his uh, stature, his experience uh, in the NFL. He's been on a lot of practice squads too, but he's played some games. Um, he's very fast. Um, he was able to back in college, and you know, you know, when he was preparing to hopefully get drafted. He ran a 40 and a 425. His most recent stop was at the Browns. He was cut. So we know that he's fast. Well, we know that he was cut from the Browns, which that yeah. doesn't 
That doesn't do my heart any good. The Browns are cutting guys and we're picking them up. I, I don't think so. I don't like that. If you if you did not make it with the Browns, then something's got to be uh, wrong with you. But I guess they see gold in him, and he must have because of his experience. Yeah, he was worth a uh, you know that spot. Uh, okay, we've already spent too much too long that I've wanted to spend on Marcus Burley. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that we're not going to have to see much of him. Anyway, let, let's let's get to the three things to watch from the from the Jacksonville game because I think that's what people probably are, are ready to get to. We want to get to this first game. We're only a couple of days away. This is uh, you know just Friday and Saturday, and it'll be game time early on Sunday. So uh, yeah, just remember we've we've put up already four shows this week, so lots of content. If you haven't got to it, and I know a lot of you people out there have had a hellacious week. You've been super busy. Hopefully you can kind of wind down your week with something a little bit relaxing, talking to little Texans with us, but uh, let's get to the three things to watch. Brian, uh, this game is a game that I, I would assume the Texans are going to be favored by close to a touchdown by game time, by the time game time rolls around. So what is your first thing to watch? What do you want to see first? How are we going to get this running game going? And I think, because of the Jags' uh, inexperience at defending talented backs that we have, this is where we're really going to make our money. As far as on the defensive side, yeah, their two weaknesses are their defensive ends, who for the most part are relatively still inexperienced and just not covering too well um, as far as from where they're at. That's going to be Dante Fowler Jr. and uh, Yannick uh, Gakuye. Uh, so he, both of them are going to be responsible for defending those backs. And if we can just find a peak of daylight with Deontay Foreman's speed, it's just going to be a show, especially when that guy gets out there. Uh, you know, he is good to go. He's been out with a groin injury for a little bit, but um, he just confirmed that he is definitely ready to go. So we'll be looking forward to that. Alfred Blue looks like he will be a scratch from Sunday's game. And that's what I expected. And then we'll, we'll see, you know, who emerges after Lamar Miller, you know, whether uh, Tyler Irvin or, or Jordan Todman would be used. But we still have enough depth to get past uh, the Jags. But we just need to run that damn ball, run it down their throats and see how they respond to that. Because honestly, I think with the level of coverage that Fowler and Gakuye, which, you know, by pro football focus, uh, Fowler Jr. has a 55.5 and a 42.9 for Gakuye. That's below average, almost to awful <laughs> as far as their coverage. So we we, we definitely know that uh, we can kind of exploit that, re that weakness there. So let's just hope that they are starting to get it and then we have problems. But we should be fine in that department. Deontay Foreman's ready, so that's big, and, and I'd love to see a huge dose of Deontay Foreman. You know, that's something that I, I'll say I'm looking at, but I won't make that as one of my three things. But I tell you what, I've got my microscopic-like intensity focus on one Kendall Lamb, who's going to be starting at left tackle because, folks, Dwayne Brown, it don't look like he's coming through that door. You know, we're recording this Wednesday night. You're hearing it maybe Thursday. And, you know, unless something changes really quickly, he's not going to come into the Texans and just be ready to go in a couple of days anyway. He's, he's going to need a at least a, a, a few practices before he gets going and is ready to go. So it, it's Kendall Lamb. This is a kid that's undrafted. Uh, he has been in the development phase for a long time. 
Uh, he was Mr. Tackle eligible for the Texans the last couple of years. And so he, he's been there. He's been around. You know, what can he do? And is uh, Tom Savage going to have to worry about his backside? And are we going to have to worry about Tom Savage's health because of the left tackle position? That is pretty darn huge. And that's my number one thing to watch. I have more confidence in Kendall Lamb than if they put Chris Clark there um, because we already saw in the preseason that he wasn't able to hold that spot down. So that's why they're trying Kendall Lamb out there. Um, There's just some things that he showed in the preseason that he is capable of holding the fort down. Um, He's not going to do it at an above average to elite level uh, like Dwayne Brown did when he's fully healthy, but I think he certainly could get the job done. Now, this will all change if Dwayne Brown has a change of heart, but um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he does out there. I'm totally rooting for Kendall uh, because this is just helpful for his career, and um, it's certainly good to have you know something uplifting to see with an offensive line that looks like it might have a lot of problems going into the season. What's uh, number two on your agenda? Number two is... How much abuse is Blake Bortles going to take? Because remember, J.J. Watt and J.D. Clowney are together. They're going to be out there wrecking havoc. Now, I don't know if J.J.'s going to get to freelance. He probably will. That's just what he does. Um, So Clowney, I don't don't know what they're going to do with him, but he's listed as an outside linebacker, not as a defensive end. Might be a hybrid of sorts. And of course, J.J. Watts uh, over there uh, on the uh, on the left side, where his usual spot is as far as defensive end. Um, well, Clowney had 6.0 sacks, uh, two passes defensed, uh, one forced fumble, and 40 tackles on the season. So it's time for him to expand off of that. And Blake Bortles would be a great start as far as being his first victim. Um, Watts going to probably be on in on this too uh, when they face the Texans. Um, as far as the sacks, uh, Blake Bortle was sacked four times for 27 yards as far as loss. So I, I see the same thing here, at least two sacks, maybe more, uh, because he still has it look like he doesn't know uh, what he's doing. And as Ryan Day alluded to back in the uh, podcast we had the other day, um, it, it's certainly something that's going on. And he won a battle that really wasn't a battle. Uh, but they made it like a faux battle. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see how this pans out. How about just a big, huge focus on J.J. Watt? Because, you know, he's playing and we want to see, is he healthy? He eats the Jaguars for lunch. He's yes. done it for years. And this is where you we should see J.J. shine, Brian. This is, this is one of those games where if this is old J.J. Watt, uh, Blake Bortles uh, is going to be on his backside and J.J. Watt's going to be smiling up at him, and you know J.J.'s going to have a little bit of fan support behind him and a little adrenaline. He's got about uh, a million or two million or maybe even 30, close to 30 million reasons for these fans to just be all loving on J.J. Watt in this game, and what a job he's done. We talked about it ad nauseum in the, on the, on the other podcast about you know the money that he's raised and everything like that, but you know I want to see the J.J. on that. We're ready to see what JJ is going to do on the field. He has indicated that, you know, he's been saving a little, he's been holding back uh, because it looks like he's going to be letting loose when he goes out there. But again, he says that, but I think you're going to see a JJ Watt, not the one as we've come to know 
but he's going to be a bit careful about how he gets out there and, and, and does things because back injuries are no joke. So he knows his body better than anyone else. The problem is, do we know if he does have a gear to a uh, lower gear to to turn it down? No, no, I don't think he does have a lower gear to turn it yeah. down. I, <laughs> I, I just don't think he does. And and to me, that's that's what what I'm interested to see is is how he's able to handle that. Maybe you know one of the things that I can throw into this mix is not just how he's going to play, but you know how the coaching staff is going to handle him. Are they going to play him two thirds of the plays? They're going to play him half of the plays? You know, how do you divvy up that time between him and the other defensive linemen? You know, we talked about earlier in the week on the cuts, why Joel Heath? Why Brandon Dunn? Why are they carrying all these defensive linemen when it seems like you might not need all of these guys? And, you know, I I guess it's because J.J. is going to need blows. I mean, I I figured that you'd be good enough with, you know, having Watkins and Christian Covington and D.J. Reader, those three guys between those three and J.J. And, you know, maybe – uh, playing Clowney sometimes as a defensive end and that and that sort of position, you know, whatever the definition doesn't matter, but you, you're going to want to play him and end a little bit because you also got Whitney Merciless to play and you've also got Brendan Scarlett at outside linebacker. You got all these guys that can rush, can do these things. But I think that's going to be the real fascination for me is not just how JJ plays, but how they use him. If, if it's, uh, you know, we know it's not going to be 100 you know, out of a hundred plays, like it used to be an an old JJ day. So that's something to keep an eye on. I want to get to your third thing, Brian, but before we do that, we got to talk about my bookie because ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice, like what team to bet on this week. You got the Texans or the Cowboys. Well, where you're getting, where you're betting at, is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why we always tell people to go to my bookie, dot a g that's my bookie.ag it's been in the business for years the rep is rock solid they do 100 percent cash bonuses so off the bat you're making money for doing absolutely nothing gotta love that and hey they've got the fastest payouts just two business days you know who's gonna win right well lay down some cash and win big i would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me that's why i'm urging you to make your way to my bookie You win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now and my booking will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code LOTEXANS to activate the offer. That's LOTEXANS as in locked on Texans. The initials, visit mybookie.ag today. You play you win, you get paid. And Brian, to get paid and to get a win, what are the Texans going to need to do? Do you got a third thing that you're really focusing on for this one? And if I were a betting man, just go to my bookie and put your money on the Texans. I think you'll you'll get a, a little bit of a payout. I don't know what the line is uh, right off the top of my head, but yeah, definitely check it out. But as far as my third thing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as um, – who who is going to emerge as our second wide receiver? We know what DeAndre Hopkins is going to do. You know he's fresh off a an extension uh, that's you know fifty million dollars guaranteed. Uh, so he's got a lot to play for, a lot to prove. Uh, we know what he's going to do. Uh, with Will Fuller out, it's up to Braxton Miller, Bruce Ellington, or Andy Jones, um, our pickup fresh from last week, uh, to see if they could do something out there. Um, 
it's not going to be easy because you've got two elite above average cornerbacks, Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye. We're going to see how he adjusts to their system versus ours. But he had a terrific season and it got him a lot of money. So now we'll be facing him right off the bat uh, in week one. And then you've got um, you've got Tayshawn Gibson um, at free safety as well as Barry Church on the strong side. Um, we're we're going to have to see on the last line of defense too how they can respond to our receivers. Um, the Jags were fifth in pass defense last season, uh, yielding about 215.2 yards per game. Um, so as far as if they're going to be better, we're going to see that there's going to be a new there's new guys there. You know, a little bit around that particular unit. Yeah, Bouye is, of course, the most recognizable there. So we'll have to see how that goes down. We will not have Jalen Strong this week as he is serving his suspension from the marijuana possession. So um, he's going to do that, and we'll see him next week. But honestly, I don't think we need Jalen Strong to beat the Jacks. I want to see this brilliant new creator that we have as an offensive coordinator. That's my third thing to watch. This yeah. guy, this genius. I don't know where we got him from, but apparently we picked him off the scrap heap. His name's Bill O'Brien. He's the new offensive coordinator. Who's what, that? <laughs> what, what is he going to do, Brian? Are we going to see something a little bit more creative than, hey, it's first down. Let's run up the middle between the tackles with Lamar Miller, our 140-pound you know, tailback that's uh, known for his speed and ability to miss guys in space. I want to see, you know, see him get Lamar Miller outside to start with. I want to see, let's not run a ton between the tackles because we don't have a bunch of meat eaters, meat grinders, guys that make space in the middle. Nick Martin is going to be an improvement, but Jeff Allen is Jeff Allen. Suofilo's okay. And you got a bunch of tackles that, you know, are just nothing, nothing special. They're certainly not big, hunky, you know, you know, guys that guys that push guys around, you know, that type of tackle. And so when I watch this game, I want to see. Is Bill O'Brien, are we going to see a little bit more creativity? Are we going to see them go down the field more early in games, which needs to happen? I mean, you've got Tom Savage. There is no reason not to go down the field. I trust him way more than I did Brock Osweiler. He's much more accurate. You're assuming that he's going to not turn the ball over uh, with the utter efficiency or inefficiency, I guess, of Brock Osweiler. So I want to see a Bill O'Brien show me something, give me something that I haven't watched and just cried my eyes out and you know, wanted to poke my eyes with sticks as I watched the Texans offense for the last three years. Exactly. And the key is, is that George Gotze is not here. Thank goodness. Because, you know, I, I was just yelling at the TV because it, it just like he totally either he just was inept at what he was doing or, you know, just what his schemes were that he put together just did not fit the guys that that we had. Um, I'm I'm confident in Bill O'Brien's ability to to be able to lead this team and not only that, um, drum up an offense that is able to, um, you know, make strides across the field and to to get some scores. Um, I, I saw a little bit a little bit of that in the preseason, and I hope he opens up the playbook. The problem is with the playbook. He has so much in it, but he only uses this much because he's limited by this. But they have brought all this talent in. There's no excuse. Throw everything you have at your opponent because, you know, it's it's fierce out there. We've got to go out and win. And this division can be ours. 
um, if if we do it just right. And certainly Bill O'Brien knows, you know, what he has to do. So um, I want to see some trick plays. We didn't see any of that last season. It was just very vanilla. I, I, I just wanted to want to see more. I know he's got more up his sleeve than what we saw last season. Yeah, I just find it funny when I hear you say, oh, they brought in all this new talent. Well, yeah, Deontay Foreman, I, I, that is, that's new talent. I agree with you, but I hope you're not talking about the new talent because we have the same tight ends. We have DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Braxton Miller. Uh, the, the new talent is not, I hope, Ke- you know, Kendall Lamb and Breno Giacomini and Bruce Ellington, although, you know, he might be all right, but this remember this guy, the Texans basically found him off the scrap heap. So I don't know what new talent you're talking about. Deshaun Watson is the guy I think you're talking about, but he's not playing. <laughs> he's not going to play this Sunday. So, you know, I, I, I understand that, you know, I'm, you're glad that you don't see George Gatsy. I guess I am too, because I'm just glad because he just looked like, you know, he was he, being held hostage all of last year. Yeah. But by the same token, the fact that the idea that, Hey, Bill O'Brien, I know that guy's going to be a, a hundred times better than George Godsey. Are Is that what you're assuming, Brian? I'm not. I, I think so. I think he is going to be better because he's going to be able to run things his way. Um, and I, I liked it, you know, back in 2014 where he called his plays. Um, there, there were instances where he was, you know, able to do that. Not, not all the time, but he hasn't done this since very early in the season. I mean, he, he loves to have control and he's got it. So now he's got two jobs uh, to worry about. And um, I think we're going to see some differences here. And I I really do think that it's for the better. And in regard to the talent, uh, (laughs) they may not be as great of a talent, but they are NFL football players. So obviously they've got enough talent to make an NFL squad. Um, you know, if you compare it to making the Browns, that's something different, but they're Houston Texans. So they've got something, so they need to show us. And, uh, we certainly hope that we can benefit, um, as a result of, uh, us taking a, um, a gamble on these undrafted free agents. Cause we do have a lot of them. You mentioned my bookie. You said, go to my bookie and bet on the Texans. They're a six and a half point favorite. You say you'll give the points up and say, here's your six and a half points. I'm still taking the Texans. You like the Texans by a lot in this game from the sounds of things, right? Yeah. I I would honestly think two to three touchdowns. If we do everything right on offense and you know, the defense is going to bring it, you know, there's always people saying that the defense may take a step back this season. You know, you hear it on sports radio. No, that's not true. We still have the number one defense. And if we do slide a bit, we're still going to be in the top five. So I I just throw those particular accusations out the window. We're going to be fine. But if we do everything that that needs to be done as far as moving the football, not turning it over, making the right decisions, then certainly uh, we should be winning this game uh, by quite a bit of a margin. But the biggest problem last season is we couldn't put points up on the board. But – after they let George Gatsy go, uh, we, we seem to improve on that. So I'm hoping that we score more than <laughs> uh, just, you know, y- y- our games would be so close. It would be like 12 to 6 or whatever. You know, we had a lot of games like that. And again, I'm just drawing off a of memory. It, it may be a little bit different uh, when we look at the actual scores. But I really want to see this offense be robust because that is my biggest knock on this team last season and why we didn't beat the Patriots in the second round. 
Well, Ryan Day basically called their offensive line. He called most of their guys a bunch of trash cans. He he did not have a lot of good things to say about the offense. Obviously, nobody has anything good to say about Blake Bortles. You know, it, can the can the Jags muster up enough points to cover the spread? That's that's the question because the Texans. I, I there's still no real confidence this team's going to just run up a bunch of points against a Jacksonville defense that's not shabby. So there's a lot of question marks I've got if they can get enough points to cover this spread. I, I will say yes, but boy, it could be tight. It could be, you know, it could be 13 to six. It could mm-hmm. be 16 to nine, you know, something like that. I could see the the, the touchdown favorite deal, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a tight fit there. So, uh, and, and don't forget what, you know, there, there, there's other things besides our big three to look for. I, I've definitely got my eye on Kevin Johnson. How does he look coming off the foot injury? Yes. Uh, I, I want to see what's going to happen with Kaimi Fairburn kicking for the first time. I, I thought about those two things as, as, as things to watch. But, you know, obviously the bigger focus will be on Savage and be on J.J. Watt and, and, and some of those bigger things. But, you know, we, we just kind of zeroed in our, on our three things. If Hey, if you think there was a thing that we missed – let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook. Email us at LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, before we wrap this one up, we we got some announcements to make, Brian, because uh, we're going to have a little Locked On Texans, and, and I, we're going to combine it. We're going to make it a Locked On Texans and Locked On Rockets party, listener party for you guys. Uh, we'd like a chance to meet some of you. We hope you would love to kind of meet some of the your, the fans of the show. Fans of the Texans and the Rockets, a great chance. Uh, we know it's been a crazy last couple of weeks. We're going to save this for not this Sunday because this Sunday is a Texan Sunday, and I want you guys to be able to focus on the game. And we want to give give you the post game show as soon as the game's over with. And we're going to be you know zeroed in on on the Texans game, and I'm I'm going to have some uh, post game sound from this one as well. All the usual stuff we give you on the home post game show. But Bryant, we're excited about this. T- tell people. Uh, where, where we're looking at this thing being and, and what time it's going to be. Yeah, come and join us over at Underdog's Pub, right in the heart of uh, the Rice Military area. That's off of the Washington Avenue Strip. Um, it's 4212 Washington Avenue. Uh, this is going to be Sunday, September 17th, so there's going to be no game. We will have already played Thursday against the Bengals. So come out and join us uh, for a few beers, or if you don't drink beer, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of refreshments uh, that you can drink alternatively. In fact, that they, they do have a few beers uh, from the Buffalo Bayou uh, lineup that all proceeds will go to Hurricane Harvey relief. And they do have, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I'll make sure to correct this if it is, the new Holland Brewing Company, um, they have a few items there um, as far as they're in, in their lineup. If you buy a beer from that brewery, um, all the proceeds from that will go to Hurricane Harvey relief. Um, yeah, Dustin's a great guy. I've, I've already talked to him and they've been doing this particular promotion for quite some time. Uh, but it's right in the heart of the uh, Washington Avenue district. So come join us for some fun. That's going to be between six and eight uh, in the evening uh, on Sunday. And we would love to have you. We can just talk about everything football and about the team we love, which is the Texans. We love Houston. We love this community. Uh, as we get, as we go through this in the next few days, this next week, we're going to talk to you guys about maybe something that uh, everybody could bring, uh, if you would. If you know, the, you don't have to, but we would love for you to bring something for the Hurricane Harvey's uh, 
flood relief effort. Um, so we'll work on that and let you know what that is within the next uh, couple of podcasts. And also, uh, we're going to have Ben Dubose from Lockdown Rockets. Like I said, he's going to be out there. So it's a great way to sort of you know get together, uh, celebrate the Texans, uh, celebrate uh, the Lockdown Network, and, and maybe get a chance to to shake our hands and let us know what you think. Maybe meet a couple of friends and new friends and fans of the show. Br- bring whoever you would like. We'd love the, the more the merrier to come out there. Might have a, some some Texans gear to give away. Might be doing that as well. So working on a couple different things along those lines. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And so is Brian. Can't wait. Brian House of Houston keeps rolling along in the Astros and the Rockets. They just keep making news. It's like we can't go more than a, a day or two where somebody's not making news. If it's not Justin Verlander, now it's uh, Tillman Fertitta owning the Rockets. There's always something going on. You guys got anything up on, on Tillman Fertitta, the new Rockets owner? Yeah, I did do a piece on Tillman Fertitta, and I wrote back one in July, and you're free to take a look at it um, in regard to why he's the perfect fit uh, for the Rockets because he's so invested in the Houston-Galveston area as far as his efforts. And uh, those of you who are very familiar with the uh, the program, the sports programs at University of Houston, as he is an alumni and the chairman of the board of regents, um, he poured a lot of money to the improvement of their sports facilities. He was behind getting TDECU Stadium built, and he is behind, behind the renovations of the legendary Hoffines Pavilion uh, to be revealed. It's going to be in his name, the Fertitta Center. So um, he's donated to Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. Um, his company, Landry's Inc., is, uh, has already put in a million to it, and they keep continuing to raise money. They feed first responders. Um, so he has all the attributes of what an owner should be. In my opinion, he's going to carry a lot of what Les has done, the work he's done so far, but he's going to make his mark. And I do see him being more hands-on. He's going to be like a Cuban. So we're going to see how these changes are going to take effect because um, I know he's going to hit the ground running as soon as he gets the keys to Toyota Center. By the way, he owns that now as well. He bought that from Les Alexander. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, with the Golden Nugget in the events that he already does at his casinos, it's going to be uh, pretty cool how he showcases Toyota Center for his shows as well. Brian, we got to talk about some of these other sports figures, uh, Texans players uh, we know are contributing to what's going on with Harvey, but it's worth mentioning. Vince Woolfork retires. The Patriots were going to have a retirement ceremony, a whole deal for him this Sunday. Vince Woolfork said, no, I need to be here in Houston. I got to be doing stuff for the people here. This is more important. He's decided to put off his retirement ceremony. Uh, he's already done some things. Uh, him and his him and his wife, really great things in the community there. You talk about, you know, I'm I'm reading about Tracy McGrady doing a barbecue out in the Fifth Ward this past weekend yeah. for for people mm-hmm. out there. Uh, the, the the stuff that our athletes have done and this community has done continues to just absolutely amaze me, Brian. Time after time after time, these guys are showing up big, and you know we can talk about just what the regular people are doing for hours and hours and hours. But, you know, we, we do a sports deal here, and it's just – it's so impressive what athletes do. You know, athletes get as much criticism from the public as anybody, and, and they, they, they have the access to Twitter so people can now tweet them and you can get on them and, and do all you want. D- do yourself a favor. Get, get on Twitter if you're on Twitter 
and you criticize these guys a couple of times, go on Twitter and tell them what a great job that they are doing because these guys, they don't get much of time off in the football season, Brian. And, and you know, I'm out there in the locker room and I was talking to guys Monday and, you know, Tuesday they have a day off. There was no, there's going to be no day off. These guys were going to either be, they were going to be working out maybe on their day off at the facility or they were going to be back out and they were going to be contributing somehow. Somehow they were going to be doing something for flood relief. Uh, you know, I don't even know how JJ d- does it. I'm, I'm seeing him in the locker room on uh, Wednesday. He's he's on his phone looking at stuff. He says, I, I put it in airplane mode uh, when I'm at practice or when I'm at the facility. It's the only way that I could, you know, keep my focus on football and get done what I need to get done. But you just can't say enough of what's what's been going on, not just in this community and, and for everybody out there that's doing something. Just thank you so much. Uh, you guys are awesome. The people of Houston, just incredible. But these athletes, uh, they, they've stepped up like nobody else. And, and I see actually it seems like, you know, with athletes, they get criticized for talking about, you know, what's you know, if they have a opinion about something that's going on in the world. Oh, who cares about what they think about what's going on in the world? Well, you know, I, I saw there was a great commentary. I think it was uh, Rachel Nichols, and she was just saying, look, you know, th- these guys, you, you're going to criticize them for voicing their opinion about stuff. But remember, they're just like you. They're, they're members of the public. They're trying to help people where they can. And they do that stuff uh, when maybe there's not a disaster. But when there's a disaster, they, they st- step up as big as anybody. It's, it's just really impressive. Yeah, and, and I can't see enough of about how good Houston is looking right now as far as uh, the relief efforts. Uh, you know, we're going to land on our feet uh, pretty quickly uh, with all the donations and uh, with the benevolence uh, just around in the area. But that's just the Texan can-do spirit. That's all about who we are. And Vince Wilfork, who hasn't been here all that long, all for just a, maybe a couple of years, is already vested in the community. Uh, to my understanding, he has f- given out about 10,000 meals uh, just on his own. And, you know, to put his own retirement cere- ceremony off goes to show that how much of a selfless act that that is. And, uh, you know, th- there always can be a celebration of his career that can always be postponed and they're going to eventually get it done. But um, it, it just really makes him look good. And it, it definitely was something that was genuine. I totally understand why he had to do it. 10,000 meals for first responders for Vince Wolfork. And yeah. you know, that number might have gone up since uh, it was last I mean, what these guys are doing, it seems like it's been fairly continuous. It's nonstop. Uh, it's an, it's amazing. And then also, uh, just one last thing, and just on a funny note, uh, this week I'm, I'm looking, Brian, into DJ Reader's locker, and there is a Barney the Dinosaur stuffed animal in DJ Reader's locker, which made me laugh because DJ Reader, uh, people might remember this, J.J. Watt said during training camp, you know, I've got this guy next to me in my lo- in the locker room. He's talking about DJ that doesn't be- – I just found out doesn't believe in dinosaurs. And then I, if I remember the quote correctly, he said uh, the only d- dinosaur that DJ believes in is Barney, I think. And, uh, <laughs> and he, <laughs> DJ went on to say, oh, he wasn't a big Barney the Dinosaur fan. That that wasn't part of his generation. And, and he was asked, uh, you know, and I was standing right there when he was asked about the, the dinosaur in his locker. And he said, oh, 
It was, some, it was just it was there when I got back. Somebody left it there, so who knows? It could have been JJ, but it might have been while they were gone. It might have been someone, somebody else in the amongst the Texans or whatever. But just a good, lighthearted, funny moment in, in a week that's been, uh, you know, with a heavy heart. Uh, we, we had a little bit of humor off of that, and that that was fun to see. But um, just uh, it, it has been such an honor to be in Houston in this community for the last two weeks. I keep saying it. It's just worth repeating. And uh, just felt like needed to say that one more time. Don't forget, we're we're going to have a show, a post-game show on Sunday night. So make sure you're ready for that. We're going to get it to you that night. So it'll be something you can listen to maybe that late that night or early Monday morning on your way to work. You might be taking the kids to school for the first time in a couple of weeks uh, and happily ready to do that. But uh Check us out there if you're a new listener. Pass the word along to a friend or two. Let them know they can find us on iTunes and all your regular podcast apps. We'd love if you'd share our podcast on social media so all your friends could join in on the Locked On Texans party. Of course, it's HouseOfHouston.com. As we said before, go go read all of Brian's work and, and all the great people over at House of Houston, Houston Sports Talk. I'm going to keep you up to date with what's going on. And the rest of Houston sports with Astros and Rockets will be doing all that on that podcast. And you can find that in all the same places Locked On Texans is. Uh, Locked On Rockets with Ben DuBose, our Locked On Network colleague. He's also got what owner Tillman Fertitta is going to mean to the Rockets franchise. He talks about that on his podcast. So plenty of stuff going on. We hope you're enjoying it. And have a good uh, next couple of days. We'll, We'll talk to you in a couple. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17 